So today, it is Father's Day. It's a special day. It's a day where we get to honor our fathers, and hopefully this isn't the only day we honor our fathers. I saw this funny meme on Father's Day. There was two pictures, and the first, the second one, I'll get to the second one, the second one, or the first one was on Father's Day, and it's, it's the, the wife uh, feeding breakfast to her husband bed, and then the second picture was every other day of the year, and she's like, has like a shoe or something trying to hit him, and so <laughs> hopefully we're not treating our fathers like that the rest of the year, but I really feel like we need to honor our fathers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that more in just a second. So before we keep going, can I have every father please raise your hand? Raise it high. Raise it real high. We have a gift for you, so keep them, keep them raised. We have, for our fathers, a $10 gift card to Academy. Woo! Awesome, right? So I'm encouraged the first service. Fathers, this is for you. This is not for your wife who needs gym clothes. Uh, It's not for your kids who need something else from Academy. This is for you. So please spend it on yourself. If you have any issues with that, please call me. I'll make sure to have a good conversation with whoever. So this is for you. Uh, this is just a small token of our appreciation for what you guys have done. Um, last, uh, this for Mother's Day, the mothers got a, a, I said it was a bag, but the last service corrected me, it was a tote. And I was like, okay, I just use plastic bags or whatever I can get my hands on to carry stuff around. And I, and I was thinking, I don't know if guys would use totes, right? I don't even know if we even say the word. Um, so I thought this would be, I think, helpful. And so hopefully you guys can use it and, and buy something fun. So it is Father's Day, and I just had a few thoughts that I wanted to talk about with uh, the fathers, and that's a couple things. Number one, um, I want to honor every father that is listening this morning. I think in our culture and in society, fathers are the uh, most disrespected and overlooked member of the family. Um, just look at the sitcoms. Who is the butt, uh, the, the, the butt of the jokes? right? It's fathers. Look at the Simpsons. Homer is a, right? He's kind of a funny guy, but he's kind of like an idiot, right? Um, And that's what's funny, but unfortunately, our society has taken that from just a sitcom or a show and actually applied that to other fathers. And so I just want to encourage you that each of y'all, y'all are doing better than you think you're doing. Um, If you didn't know that you were doing better, the fact that you were here this morning, if you're watching online, um, you are doing an amazing job of leading your family. And then the second thing is, um, I want to challenge you to step up to the plate a little bit more. So on, on one hand, and these two can work perfectly together, you're doing great. But second of all, um, you have been given a great responsibility to lead your family. There's a statistic, and I want to read this. Well, I'll, I'm going to get the, the numbers correct. Um, but and I, I said this last year, so if you hear it last year, then you, then you heard me say it. But there's a statistic that when a, when a child comes to know the Lord, uh, for the, say the child's the first one in the family, if a child comes to know the Lord first, the rest of, there's a 3.5% chance, chance that the rest of the family will come to know the Lord. If the mom or wife comes to know the Lord first, uh, there is a 17% chance that the rest of the family will come to know the Lord. But if fathers come to know the Lord first, listen to this, there is a 93% chance that the rest of the family will come to know the Lord. Why is that? I believe that the reason our society is attacking fathers more than ever is because uh, the devil's behind it and the devil understands that fathers have been given a, a, a um, 
has been given authority over the families to lead them and guide them. That's why I believe that society is making a mockery of fathers. Look at, look at the television shows, look at any of our television shows, movies. Part of one of the main storylines in these shows is that of an absentee father, a father that was not there, that didn't step up to the plate to lead their families well. Just look at, I was watching a, sh- uh, I was watching a show, um, I forgot the name of the show, but I was watching a show and then a movie and wouldn't you know, like part of the main plot was this guy or this girl was doing the things that he was doing because they didn't have a father to show them. So fathers, you have been given a great responsibility, a great, the reason that we are honoring you and, and exalting you on this day is because you've been given a great responsibility. So first of all, I want to encourage you to know that you're doing better than you think you're doing. But second of all, also to continue to step up to the plate and lead your families well. Amen? Is that okay? Can y'all receive that? There's grace for it. There's grace for the journey. So what I want to do right now, we're going to have a, a Q&A with some of our kingdom fathers. We had an awesome Q&A the last service with a different group of fathers, and we're inviting some more up. So we're going to please come on up. We have Fabian, Isaac, come on. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Armando and my dad, come on up. Come on right here. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, first question. Um, I want you to, not a question, it's, can you please tell us your name uh, and how many kids you have? And their names, if you remember them. Uh, my name is Mark Kaziniga, my wife. And uh, my firstborn is, of course, Josh Yu, which is 31. Miss Elsa Marie is uh, 30. And my uh, uh, son in law, Isaac, is 30. 31. 31. 31? Okay. And then uh, Mark and John are twins. Of course, they're born Halloween Day. They're 25. Awesome. My name is Fabian Porras. Um, I have three kids, Isaiah, Sasha, and Gianna. Awesome. How old are they? Uh, Isaiah's... Put them on the spot. 12, <laughs> 12 10, and 9. Nice. Is that right, Mom? Yes. Okay, good. Hi, my name is Isaac Guevara. Um, I have six kids. Uh, they are going to be 26, 24, 22, uh, two 18s, and 11. Nice. You started with the number. What are their names? <laughs> Diana, Jocelyn, uh, Levi, uh, Damien, Javier, and Evelyn. All right. Uh, my name's Armando Molina Tapia, uh, and I have two kids. Uh, one's 13. It's Micah Carmel Molina, and then I have uh, Benjamin Asher Molina, who is about to be five months. Five months. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you for being here with us, and thank you for opening up your heart. It's going to be great. So first question, what is one of your favorite memories of your dad? One of your favorite memories of your dad? I think uh, one of my favorite is going to work with him and just being with him. He took us to work when I was about maybe seven or eight years old. I was more of a problem than anything Take us out on construction sites. I'd work with him just maybe an hour or two, and then I'd wander off on the, in the pasture. Just a good time. Um, I think one of, uh, would you say the 
favorite memories. Favorite memories is uh, going to uh, deer hunt. My dad loved to deer hunt, so we started taking us when we were little, and I think that's the best time we ever had with him. How old were you when you first went out? Do you remember? I was like uh, six or seven years old. Oh, wow. How old were you? Sorry. How old were you when you first got your first deer or whatever? I was like 14. 14? Yeah. Took you a few tries, right? <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a few misses. <laughs> Still do. Isaac? I think one of my, my favorite memories is uh, when I was younger, probably about six or seven, and my dad used to work a lot. He was gone a lot. Um, he would usually leave before I got up, and he got home when I was already in bed. And I could remember one day walking outside, and I was just outside playing, and then I just happened to look to the left, and I see, it didn't, it didn't hit me who it was, but I just see this guy riding this bike. And it was my dad that had got off early, and he had bought me a bike. And, and to me, that was, because I, I hardly ever saw him, so I thought that was pretty, that's one of my... It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a pretty broad answer. Okay. Um, so with my biological father, I, one of the best memories that I have is he... Uh, at a young age, she introduced me to seafood. <laughs> okay. So I fell in love with seafood. And then uh, with my stepfather, uh, I remember as a young man, uh, you know, riding bikes with him. And he would actually take the time to ride um, bikes with me. But there were many Father's Days that it was just me and my mom. So I just, uh, you know, those were really good memories to me, you know, spending a Father's Day with, with my mom. Mm. You know, because she was always, she was really, she, she stepped in the gap a, a, a lot of the time. And, and I think that's very relevant to the age that we live in Absolutely. Today. That's awesome. So I'm going to share a memory. I, I was thinking I got to share something. So my dad, um, I'll say this. Most of my memories growing up <laughs> were... <laughs> Just kidding. We're working with him. I know he knew that was coming. And we would, um, the house he lives in now, how I'm 31. So I guess uh, when, I, when I was 11, 10 years old, a lot of my memories were him coming home from work. We'd eat something, get out, and then go to work. And we were at that house till 11, 12, sometimes one at night. And um, I remember one night he had told me he was going to get me a gun, um, a 22 rifle. And was it, it was probably like 12? Yeah, about 10. Oh, 10. Oh, f- it felt like at the middle of the night. <laughs> I was delusional. I don't know what time it was. He took my phone. Fo- oh, I didn't have a phone. I was like, he took a watch away, so I didn't know what time it was. Um, actually, that's a good point. I didn't know what time it was. <laughs> I think I might have gone to his truck to look at because we didn't have phones back then. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm gonna go, let's go get a gun. I was like, really? Because it was late. I was like, okay. And so we went to Walmart, and uh, we bought a 22 22 rifle, so that's a good memory. He, prom- he promised some stuff he delivered that time, so. <laughs> he was a mailman. He was a mailman, yeah, he delivered it. <laughs> okay, question number two. When you had your first child, what was uh, one thing that surprised you the most, or one thing that really surprised you? Uh, that you didn't realize was going to happen when you had your child? Maybe you had been set, taught or seen how fathers acted, but what's one thing that surprised you about being a parent for the first time? Um, to begin with, the responsibility of caring for this, this baby that's 
being formed. It's not like a car. You turn them in every so often and, or, <laughs> or something like that. But that. And another thing is, uh, um, you know, we talk about love. And when you first get married, you say, you say to, uh, to your spouse, man, I love you. And I really didn't know. I, I, I didn't know about love until I, I had you. It didn't have to do with you. It had to do with your mom, actually. Is uh, I, I just there was just a love that just grew for her when I first had you, and anyway. Wow. I think um, the protector, the protector in me, uh, came out. You know, mm. because uh, I felt like I had to protect him. You know. I'd, when I held him in my hands, it's like so vulnerable, you know, and it was like, man, it's, it's a life that, you know, it's in my hands now, you know, I got to lead him, I got to teach him all these things, and I don't know, it just, it just grew, it just kept growing, and it still keeps growing in me, you know, just to be a better person uh-huh. for them, you know. Did you realize that when, when he was born, or when, he, when, when y'all got pregnant, or? No, when he was born, that when I first held him, this when I first like realize like man this is real you know this is, mm-hmm. when they're inside you know you just feel the little movement but when you first get to hold them it's like it's that i don't know it's it's different you know i heard the heartbeat and and, and that was awesome but when i held them in my hands that was like the right. turning point yeah. right i guess the for me it would be uh, as and each each one of them uh, even as they're growing up is you kind of see um i guess instinctively that that's going to be the continuation of who you are as far as um, whenever people see them, um, they, they see a reflection of you. So mm-hmm. that's one mm-hmm. of the things. And you don't really know that until, you, um, until they're born, until they grow up, until, and then, oh, so you're so-and-so son. And that's kind of like us now that we're, mm-hmm. so you're a follower of Jesus. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's what. That's good. Uh, I think one thing for me is the realization that um, it's like before you have them, you live life a certain way. But as soon as you have your child, you can't imagine what it would have been like without them. And that's that's what it is for me. That's good. That's good. Okay. Now a fun question. What is one of your favorite, funniest or embarrassing parenting stories? Or what's something embarrassing that your kids did to you that you just can't forget about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I was thinking about embarrassing, and I said probably one of the most embarrassing, uh, Josh was three, about three years old, or maybe two, and we were at church, of course, we weren't pastors at that time, but we were sitting right behind the youth section. And so anyway, there's singing or preaching or something, and next thing you know it, Joshua toots real loud, you know. <laughs> and all those youth turned around and started looking at us, and Joshua goes like this to his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Two years old. Okay, but then Letitia goes. <laughs> so you have this grown up in this toddler arguing about who did that so I thought that was pretty fun now that's with Josh with Elsa of course uh, that's a different one Uh, Elsa (laughs) so anyway she's always been inquisitive and so we were gassing uh, I was putting gas in the vehicle and she said daddy can I help I said look a kid one of my kids wants to learn how to so we get out there show her how to turn on the pump and stuff and, and then she says daddy 
She said, I like the way it smells. <laughs> And I said, get in the car. <laughs> okay, then, then there's Mark and John. And I thought they got a lot of good ones. But I think this one was um, one. One of the things I do regret, I was very tough on them. When I was working, I was always working a couple of jobs, post office. And so I had very little time. And I didn't have the patience. I wish I had, I had the patience. They might have liked construction because they don't. And so anyway, one day, uh, my, uh, this, this guy would call me randomly. He didn't know how to frame. And I didn't know how to frame. He had to put up a building. I said, yeah. He, I said, you got two days. I said, and we're going to get that thing up. And so he said, hey, why don't you bring the twins along? He said, tell them I'll pay them. I said, okay. And so anyway, I believe we were going to pay him like five or seven dollars an hour, even like at 11 or 12 years old, 13. And anyway, and so Mark says, okay, I'll go. And John said, I don't know if I want to go. He <laughs> says, no, I don't think I want to go. And Letitia says, either you're going to work for seven dollars an hour or you're going to work for free. He says, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> so I take him to the job site. And so anyway, uh, for everybody, even for young people, That work is repetitious. You just kind of do it over and over. And so then, uh, so we're out working, and I have a short period of time. A fuse is short. And so anyway, I tell one of the kids, uh, one of the twins, they said, go get me a board. And they've been bringing me boards. And they said, which board, Dad? I said, I said, which board? It's probably somewhere on this property. It's probably close to where we're working here. It's probably the same board you've been bringing me over and over. And I hollered real loud like that. Well, when I get on that job site, he had three workers. And everybody, everybody, I looked up and everybody had, was looking at me, you know. And so everything had stopped. And, I, and so they realized I just hollered at them. And so anyway, I said, those boards over there. And so anyway, everything happens good. And, and so later on that evening, My boss says, he says, you know, we're farther than what we thought. I'm not going to need the twins tomorrow. But you tell them that I'm going to pay them each $100 for coming today. And he, he had been a little bit tipsy. So anyway, so he paid them. So he said, give them. And so finally I tell the twins, I said, look. I said, the boss was feeling bad for you. Don't need you tomorrow, but he wants you to pay you $100. Felt bad because I hollered at you. One of them said, holler at me anytime you want. <laughs> okay. So then I'm going to fast forward a little bit forward. This is when, when I just started working on computers, doing research on computers to, uh, uh, to work on my sermon. And it was Saturday night, and I should have had my sermon done before, but I'm working Saturday night. And I told, I believe it was John, and John is there. By the, I said, look, do not leave here. You're going to be with me here for a couple hours because I'm going to get this sermon done. Don't leave. He said, Dad, this computer is real easy. See here, you just click here and here. All right. And so anyway... But then I don't know how to copy and paste. I just know how to write. So I'm writing everything down, you know. And anyway, I said, uh, so he said, Dad, it's okay. You'll be all right. And he said, you'll, I says, you'll be all right. And he left the room. Well, what happens when you leave a computer by itself for a bit? It goes blank. All you have to do is click on it. And so I said, it went blank because I was writing. And then I said, John, get over here. And so he gets over there. I said, look, what's the matter? Look at here. I said, this computer went off. He said, he said, let me see how to fix this. It's probably somewhere in this room. It's somewhere close to what's going on here. It's probably the same thing we've been working over and over with, Dad. And so anyway, I said, Tisha. 
Um, I, I think I was like four years old, and we uh, went to go pick him up. Well, when he turned three, he started going outside, and he had this thing he wanted to pee. Every morning in the mornings, he went outside, and he peed <laughs> off the porch. Like, he just, I guess he didn't want to aim. He just free with it. But he just, uh, he would do that, you know. And so one day, we went to pick him up at uh, the pre-K school. And uh, so we get to talking to the teacher, and, uh, you know, we're just busy, and he goes off, and, then all of a sudden, this lady comes up to us, and she's all like, uh, excuse me, uh, is that your little boy over there? He's peeing on the tree. And we're like, oh, man. That was embarrassing. <laughs> so for me, I, I guess I don't have any, anything that they actually embarrass me. If anything, I guess I always embarrass them. Uh, I remember when the girls were younger, um, Jocelyn, Diana, they were 11 and 9. I remember we'd go to the store. I'd be like, hey, you guys want to go to the store? Or, or if they were out with me and they get off with me or whatever. And I would always run into somebody at the store, somebody that I knew, just hi, hello, or whatever. And I remember uh, Diana telling me, gosh, Isaac, do you know everybody in Odessa? It was like, uh, I guess because I would introduce them, and they, they, uh, they were always kind of embarrassed about that. So, uh, With my son, I mean, it, this happens pretty recently. He's just, he's got, like, the digestive system of a 20-year-old man. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he just farts real loud, and... Um, on my on my daughter, I'm gonna invoke my right as an American to remain silent. <laughs> I was told not to say nothing, so no. I guess you know she's a. I remember when she was young, I would take her uh, with me. Um, I would drive her around, and then like we'd get back home, and Marcy would be like, "Where were you?" And I'd lie to Marcy, and Michael would be like, "That's not where we were." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's good. Okay, how has having children affected your relationship with God? How has it changed maybe how you see, since you're a father, how has it maybe changed the way you see your relationship with your Heavenly Father? Uh, you learn, of course, your kids are going to mess up, and uh, you learn to have mercy because you're going to, we as God's children need mercy along the journey, and we, I believe that's one of the things that, uh, that kind of sticks out of my mind, learning to have more mercy on, on my children. That's good. Yes. Um, I, like he said, you know, just knowing that they're going to mess up and giving them grace, and um, just knowing that somebody's there, like me, I, I know God loves me, so, you know, I, I want my children to always know that. I love them, you know, and, and that they can come talk to me at any time, you know, that, that's my purpose. And, and I feel like, you know, having that relationship with God, it's uh, made that more clear. Mm, that's good. Uh, I guess the same thing, just uh, mercy and grace. Um, I can remember uh, Diana. I remember one time I was talking to, I can't remember who it was, and I was like, I'm going to spank you. And she's like, yeah, right, I Isaac spank somebody. But the, I guess the way, the way it was is for me is growing up, um, being a follower of Christ since I was young, and knowing how much I've failed or messed up, and I've always had grace. So I did, I believe I did try and do that with them as far as be patient, be grace, uh, be merciful, because God knows he's been merciful with me. So I yeah. think that's, that was what the reflection of God. Amen. Uh, for me, it's just really helped me to gauge how big of a price the Father 
paid for us. I mean, it, when you think about it, you know, given if, if I only had one child and then being willing to give up that child for, for the mistakes of somebody that, you know, for, for all accounts doesn't really care, you know what I mean? And I just, and I get to grasp the concept of, of the price of Calvary. And it's just, it, it's, and it also, I also learn like other things, you know, when I'll hold or hug my, my children, I get like, sometimes I feel like, um, the father does that with me, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, that's what I've learned. That's awesome. What are some challenges that you guys have faced raising children that maybe your parents didn't challenge raising you? Maybe specific to like this generation, the culture that we're in. Where are some things that you guys have had to face that maybe you weren't prepared to because you didn't go through that growing up? And your parent, you didn't see your parents um, discipline you that way, in that way. I believe during the last service, uh, of course, there was another panel of, of, of men, and they, by the way, they did a fantastic job. And let me just let you know that we are a younger church, per se. I'm one of the older ones here. I still take our kids on and take them on, you know. But and uh, but there's a lot of wisdom that you see, and I was very proud of them, and uh, I'm proud of these guys here. I just let you know. Uh, uh, We've got, we've got a good church going on. It's not a perfect church. We're growing. All of us are growing. And, uh, but one of the things that they stated was media, the control of media, what's on now. You don't even, people say, you need to control what, when we were growing up, it's kind of like, you need to control what your kids are watching on TV. Now it's, who are they talking to on the phone? What are they seeing on the phone? And that is a big challenge. Um, and uh, I had, uh, I'm, I'm a great provider. Uh, but one of the things that I have to hand this off is to my wife because she was very, very uh, on them. I worked quite a bit, and and uh, one of the things is is you need to watch what's going on in your kids' life. And you know what what is really really sad is that I look up and I see some of you parents are afraid of your kids. You know, it's, I, I won't be their friend, and uh, you can be their friend later on. Right now, they need a parent. And That's right. and if it's say, hey, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, well, I don't want to eat there. Well, you know, what's good for the family is is good for the kid. And so I uh, uh, honor my wife in that deal. But parents, don't be afraid of your kids as they're growing up. Well, they may not grow up like me. But you know what? Tough. You're raising champions. All right. And so anyway, I believe media is one of the biggest things. And I think. Um, it's a whole problem is that we want to be our kids' friends and they need a parent. Amen. I think for, for me, I think it's like um, finding a way to keep the kids uh, like outdoors, finding, you know, keeping them focused on sports, trying to find them, you know, because social media is big, you know, video games, everything, but just trying to find a way to keep them, you know, loving playing sports and, and, and uh, you know, just... I don't know, my wife's done a good job, you know, she always has them on schedules and stuff, but uh, for me, it's like trying to make them love playing outside, you know, play the, uh, the sport that they play, you know, so they don't have to always be on their phone, they don't always have to, you know, always be uh, playing video games. That's good. 
Yeah, I, I guess uh, just uh, the same as just trying to be, um, even serving God, sometimes it means being different than their, what your kids are surrounded by. Like sometimes they may see, well, so-and-so's dad's not like that, or just just trying to be different, I guess, in, in a culture that's um, that now everything's okay when it's really not. Um, and then the statistics that you were saying earlier, I, I can attest for that because I, I'm I'm living proof. Um, I remember when we started coming to church, it was my grandmother on my mom's side. She started going to church, and then we started we started visiting or going. Then my mom came to the Lord, and uh, and we were continuing to go. And yeah, we I, I was involved in youth and and all of that as we were growing. Up. But in a little bit of history on my dad, my parents. When, when I was growing up, when I was a young one, my dad drank a lot. They fought a lot. They, they just had a totally different life. And so I remember being 15 and um, going to revival and my dad saying, you know what, this is it. I'm giving my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to me, knowing who my dad was, that was like, I was 15. And I know it was the grace of God, but I was like, if he can change or God is changing him, then why? Like, to me, it was like, it was like a no-brainer. So on July 7th, it'll be 28 years that me and my dad were baptized together on the same day. Wow. But Amen. it was because of that decision that he took. To me, it just, like, blew me away. And so I think in this time, I think it's difficult with your kids because sometimes we have discussions, like me and the kids now, we have discussions now about, just things that culture um, says it's okay now, and you know it's not okay, and having to try and show them this is what the Bible says, and this is how, this is why I do, or this is why I don't do, when the culture is like telling them the opposite, and I think that's the most difficult part. It's good. Um, kind of, kind of the same issue with me that worries me. You know, back when I was growing up, we would go outside, we'd play. You know, media wasn't so. Uh, prevalent you know what i mean and and also what what we consider courageous nowadays what what the world considers courageous is is not really courageous it's it's placed in the wrong context and um i worry that like um that like through media and stuff like that first of all i want to say i'm real uh happy with my daughter she she just uh if I need to look at her phone, you know, I can look at it. I know that that it's good, you know, and but I worry that that social media and stuff like that gives the youth a false sense of reality. And I just I just hope that they uh that they don't get too stuck on that false reality or that they recognize that it is a false reality. Yes. Because there's a very uh unforgiving world out there that that they have to face and right. and I just hope that they're prepared for it you know I hope that I do enough to to prepare them right for that I want to say something to social media social media is um it really is a game changer I feel like I've realized even more recently you know I didn't grow up on social media I grew up on MySpace right and the only way you got on MySpace was you went to a computer and so you didn't have one of these that you got, you got to carry around with you. Look at the culture today. People, all people, not just, uh, not just kids, but many people are making 
choices and decision, making their own choices based on what they see on social media. What they, what they don't realize is we're taking a mental poll of everything we're seeing. What is Hollywood saying? What is uh, our favorite, um, you know, Instagrammer? What are, they, what are they doing? And if they say things, the devil's a liar. He knows how to twist truth. And so if you, th- if you don't think he can deceive you through social media, then you got something coming because he knows how to twist truth. Um, one of the amazing things that my dad and my mom did is they taught us to love the Word of God. So I, I still, at times, as I, for sure right now, we're in the middle of, of this COVID, whole COVID thing. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of issues about uh, equality and justice. Um, I've had to go back to the Word of God. And if we're not careful, many of us are looking at what our favorite pastor is saying or what a lot of our church members are saying, and we haven't taken the time to go to the Word of God. Social media is that avenue for all those things to come into your home. Um, Jason said at this past service, but he says, I really try hard to limit my kids' time on social media. Um, If we are not parents, if we are not careful, uh, social media will decide how our kids turn out. That's the third parent in your home. Seriously. And if we are not, if we are not standing up to the plate and actively speaking to our kids, uh, then we're going to lose them to whatever the world, whatever the temperature of the world is right now. There's a word, um, discipleship. We all know discipleship. Uh, The word discipline, you know how we're supposed to discipline our kids? That comes from the word discipleship. Whether you realize it or not, you have little disciples in your home and you have you have two choices to, to stand up and put something in their hearts or to do nothing and then allow the world to put something in their heart. And so it's not an easy job. It, parents, you have the authority over their lives because you have such a great responsibility. And so fathers, it starts with you. You are the head. The reason that you guys have been given that level of authority, that statistic that I gave you, the reason why it is that way is because you guys have the greatest responsibility. You all have the power to see your whole family come to know the Lord. And so I just want to just challenge you and also encourage you. You guys are doing great. I love what, what I'm hearing. I'm sure you guys love what you're hearing as well. Um, we're going to see a generation of kids know Jesus. Amen. One more question and then we're going to pray. What is one thing that, if you could, if you could go back in time, that, would, that you would tell your younger self when you first became parents, hey, pay attention to this. I wish, I w- something that you wish you knew when you were a kid or when you were for a, a parent, first-time parent. Um, something that I would have told myself? Yeah, that you know now. It's like, oh, I wish I would have known that when your kids were born or when they were younger. Oh, I think... Uh that time flies, you know, before you know it, they're, you know, they're, they're babies in your hand. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't take the time to value, you know, play with them, talk to them, you know, it's gone. You, you know, the, that window's real small, you know. And, and so everything that you're going to teach them, you only have a matter of time. And, and uh, if I would have known that being when I was younger, I think I would've, there would have been more things, you know, that I could have talked to them at a younger age. And I think there would have been something I would like to do. Amen. Uh, I think the same thing um, I, I, for all of them. If I could go back and tell myself something would be, uh, you know, we get caught up in, you know, being the providers and we want to provide and make sure that there's nothing missing at home. And But 
you're always going to have that. You're always going to have to provide. You're always there's always going to be something that needs to be met or something like that. So I think just if I could go back and just be like slow down, you know, just slow down, hold them a little bit more, play with them a little bit more, listen to them a little bit more. Um, just, just like stop. Everything else is always going to be there. Like I see them grow now, and I'm still in the same hustle. I'm still in the same busyness. I'm still in the same trying to get to where I'm getting to get and they grew they grew up. So I think if I could go back it'd be that just, you know, those time whenever just being at the table laughing, um playing with something or whatever it was, just just hold them a little bit longer, to spend some more time That's with good. them. Um the question was is what what would I tell my younger self? Yeah. Okay, so uh there's uh two verses that come to mind that I wish I really would have paid attention to when I was younger. And the first one's Romans 12, 1 and 2, the, um, to present my body as a living sacrifice, to present my body as a living sacrifice and um, to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And uh, the second one is uh, Romans 13, 1, which is uh, that everyone must submit to governing authorities. Because I think I, a lot of the trouble that I got in and a lot of the reason why I, I wasn't the best father that I could be was because I neglected those two and I tried to conform to the world and I tried to dishonor authority and, and now and now that I know that, you know, that's the one thing that I would go back and kind of condition myself to do. So, that's good. That's I, I want to take a second and, and honor him. He graduated from Teen Challenge two nights ago. So let's give Armando a round of applause. He... Uh, he actually gave, he gave a full sermon on Friday. We were there, and uh, very, I just want to say I'm very proud of you, and I know that the first several years of your life weren't exactly maybe what you wanted. I mean, they were. There was, like, those are the consequences of our actions, but um, knowing Jesus, this is what you really want. I just want to say I'm really proud of you. You're awesome. Amen. Um, second that, very proud uh, guy that came back from the dead. Literally. And yet every one of us here has come back from the dead. And uh, man, uh, during, the last, uh, uh, during the last service, I think Brother Dolfo Pondo uh, put it best. He said, you know, it should be a happy day, but man, this is kind of, this is, you look at yourself like, man, I have been an idiot all these years, you know. <laughs> and you think of possibly maybe how your parents uh, you take a look at uh, my dad uh, worked hard and he wasn't he wasn't there a whole bunch uh, yet they did the best they could with where they're at and so there's a tendency to beat ourselves up and maybe even look at our parent at our dads and think man you know they missed it and uh, I thank God for for uh, the church the body of Christ and um, that's one of the greatest things and same thing, I think I would have slowed things down and not being uh, on edge. And that's one of the things I, I honor my kids, my poor kids. Uh, I remember I, I was always expecting to figure out the pattern. When I'm working, there's always a pattern. We're going to do this over and over. And if I could teach them this pattern over and over, things would go smoother. They'll go further in life. And I remember telling Josh that one time, and I, I was chewing him out at Dr. Carrasco's house because we traded out work and anyway and Josh was mad and because I he 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 couldn't stay up with me and then I and I said Josh you're mad aren't you and I said he said yeah do you remember that and anyway he said yes I said what are you mad about he says because you're chewing me out in front of the Dr. Carrasco 
And anyway, and I said, let me let you know. I said, to everything, there's a pattern. Well, we, we're doing the same thing over and over. And if you can catch this pattern, you'll be far ahead than all other workers because you're going you're gonna to look up and say, hey, this, this is just done over and over, and we'll figure this thing out. And I said, you'll be uh, worth more in the workforce. And so I was always just tough, and I should have had more compassion. And so later on, I asked Josh, uh, later in life, I said, are you going to grow up? be on the Oprah Winfrey show and tell him how you hated your parents, you know, your dad. And quickly said, no, dad. I said, no, I'm not angry. I'm just not going to do construction work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, I think, as Brother Fabian said, time flies by. You're thinking, man, I can't wait till they get out of diapers. I can't wait. Next thing you know, they're out of the house. And... Uh, uh, I think uh, a moment, this is kind of a funny story, if I could <laughs> end off of this on my part, is uh, something funny. So I'm working, and then I either I call home or I come home from work, and I tell Leticia, I got to tell you something. That says my parents, during that time, we lived a couple of blocks away from my, my, my parents. We lived a couple of, and so Leticia was pushing uh, Elsa Marie in the, in, in the uh, stroller, and Joshua was walking. He was like three or four years old. And anyway, she, and she said, and, and, he, and she, he said, stop. Stop, Mom, stop. And she said, well, I wonder what's the matter. And he goes, <laughs> he said, okay, we can go. And so he took off. And anyway, she thought that was funny. And I, and I told her, I said, honey, you got to quit doing that. These kids pick everything up, you know. <laughs> Actually, it was me, all right? All right. And uh, the fun, it's a funny story, but they do pick things up. And I think one of the greatest things that you could do as, as, a, as, as, a, as a father is be that priest. Then you don't have to be perfect. Learn to say, I'm sorry. I think one of the things that I failed at, and man, I've I got to hold this together. So how's it going, son? How was your day? It was always, let's jump in the vehicle. We're going to... Uh, um, Soccer practice, and of course, I was a coach, you know, and, and, I re- and, and so I remember being in the vehicle coming back one time. And, and Joshua's just in there, he's 10, about 9 or 10 years old. He said, Dad, he said, you know, we'd have a lot better team if you would make them do what you said you were, you were going to do to them. <laughs> Another of being consistent. But I learned to fig- ask the question, so how's your day? I mean, I, I don't really remember doing that because I didn't have time. Jump in the vehicle. How was your day? How was your deal? And I apologize. I'm sorry, you know. But those that have little children or younger ones, even like right now, y'all, learn to say, hey, so what's going on? And I've I've learned to do that. I think one of the things they used to call, and I was so busy, get to the point. They say, hey, Dad, what's going on? Hey, get to the point. I'm with somebody. I'm with And uh, and later on, I called them and I found them they said dad get to the point hey I'm, I'm with somebody and they were doing the same thing I was doing and so they're going to pick things up and I just challenge you learn to take some time and now I'm trying to say so what's going on even though I'm jumping up and down on the inside sawing a board whatever learn, learn to take that time to find out what's going on in their life ask them about their feelings Anyway, I, I, so what's going on? How do you feel? So how did you feel? Because I just chewed you out, you know? Do we give them a chance to say, hey, this is how I feel. This really not what happened. And then, then we could say, well, you know what? We don't, uh, 
we don't think uh, that that's exactly right, but thank you showing our feelings. And I think one of, it's one of the biggest things that our kids are angry about is that we've never allowed them to show their feelings. So how you feel? No, you're going to just, and there comes time to say, because I told you so. There's been, hey, look, that's enough, all right? But let's find out and let them, and we can still discipline them. Let them tell us their feelings and then just go on. So if I had to do something else, that'd be enough. That's good. Um, I want to take a second and uh, just honor you, Dad. You know, I was thinking while you were talking, it's funny how you were, you were saying, I remember some of those, those conversations. Um, and it's and exactly I, just everything you were saying. Um, I do want to say, though, that I would not be here today if it weren't for you. Um, I know you feel like you haven't done everything right or however in between, but um, I remember just growing up, he would, he would take my hands, he said, these are the hands of a champion. I remember there's one thing, he said that consistently. And I, rem- I remember when I was 14, 15 years old, um, he said, he said, you're going you're gonna to be a pastor one day. It's funny, I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to make money. I wanted to go do this and do that. He literally spoke my destiny into me. And now I can't imagine doing anything else. Fathers, that's the power you have. Literally, you have the power to speak your kids' destiny into their lives. And Dad, you did that for me. And you did that for Mark and John and Elsa. You may not feel like you did everything the way you wanted to, but you did done really good. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. And Isaac, would you pray? And then I want my dad to finish with prayer, and then I'm going to pray. Just, I want you to just pray over the fathers. Pray just for healing. One, one of the things, healing those broken relationships. And uh, just whatever you feel like, you need to pray for the fathers. And then my dad, if you can just finish with prayer. Father, we're just so grateful for everything that you do for us, Lord. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. That you gave up everything for us, God. So that we might be called your, your sons and daughters, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the finished work, Father. And I just pray for every fatherless household today, Lord, that you may be that father for the fatherless, that parent to the orphans, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your grace. And we thank you again, Lord, for Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. give you the honor and the glory Jesus we give you thanks for this time uh, for this time that you've given us a a time to reflect on who we are as fathers the influence that we have over our children I ask Jesus that that you may help me not necessarily show my kids how to have everything in their life not to have a solution for every problem but that at the end of the time they can know that regardless of what's going on they have you I ask that you help me present that to them. That no matter what's going on, we serve an awesome God.
Heavenly Father, we just are so thankful that we do have a father, a perfect father. And I don't know the consensus of the different feelings about fathers out here, God, in the, the congregation, and even those that are watching, Father. And Father, I, I, uh, I ask God that everybody here, God, would learn to forgive their fathers for any, anything they did wrong. Father, I, I know that that would release release things within them, Lord. And Father, we honor those uh, fathers that have gone on, uh, that are not here. And we know that uh, Father's Day invokes all kinds of ideas and feelings, Lord. But we're so thankful that you set the story straight. And just like you forgive us, we forgive our fathers for shortcomings. And I uh, want to pray, Father, a special blessing. Or you, through me, you want me to pray a special blessing on the Father's here that they would rise up. And Father, uh, even though uh, uh, some of us fathers, our, our, our children are not in the home per se, we're still able to call them and bless them and make up for lost time. And we can text them, Lord God, and we can... Pray for them on the phone every time we get off. And so help us, Lord God, to represent you correctly now as believers, God. And uh, special blessing on every one of our children. They are champions, God. They're champions in the making, God. Father, they're here in this world to make a difference, God, to bring revival, Lord. And we're so thankful for Kingdom Church, God, being led by Pastor Josh, Lord God. Give him wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, God. Father, we recognize he's a person like everybody else, but the calling is, 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 is up there, Lord. And so, Father, we just uh, ask a special covering, Solomon-type wisdom on him, Lord, as he directs him. And bring him healing for anything that I've ever caused any one of my children, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.